Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Are you ready for the word? Let's get into it. Joshua chapter 6 verses 1 through 5 says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its kings and the mighty men of valor. You, everyone say me, you shall march around all of you, say all of us. I want you to recognize the corporate effort that God is trying to give Joshua and the leadership. He said, you will march and so will all the people and you will go around the city one time. This you shall do six days. Now he's going to Joshua and he's literally telling him, you're going to have to lead the rest of them. You got to do it for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. He's very specific on this. You're going to have to march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram horns, and you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people say, everyone. You see, God requires participation. God requires participation. Now, just because we come to church and there's a number of people here and you feel like you're not recognized, don't think that your participation is gone unseen or you think no one recognizes you. Let me remind you that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He sees your heart. He sees your mind. He sees your thoughts. And so don't think for one moment just because you're here that no one sees you. You are seen. You are known. And you're, you can play a big part in today's service. So he said, all of you, the people shall shout with the great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. The subtitle for today's message is called, Together We're Unstoppable. There's nothing that we can't do together. There's nothing in this world that can stop you. When you learn the secret of coming together, you're in this house together. You're sitting next to people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They may not be your Facebook friends. They may not know your problems. But I want to encourage every single one of you you have the ability to reach up to heaven, touch the hem of his garment, and whatever comes out of him to you can be transferred to whoever is around you. When you lift up your hands and you worship God, you're not just touching God, you're giving someone an opportunity around you to get closer to him because something comes out of you called the rivers of living water. So what you do today, what you say right now matters. And what you take home and what you do at home affects everyone living under your roof. But I promise you, there's power and unity and being here. And the church is here for you. The church is not a building. You're looking at the church sitting right next to you. Can you just lift up your hands and say, God, bless this service. Bless this moment. Touch every person here. Bless your church. In Jesus' name, someone say amen. Amen. Now give God one more hand clap and strong praise. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you so much for choosing Covenant Life Center. For those that are under the weather, we pray Jesus heal you right now. Take that sickness away. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood. I don't know what the coronavirus is. Someone said it was a beer. I don't know where it's coming from or what's going on, but we're not going to allow it to touch this church in Jesus' name. I have no idea, but anyhow. 
Someone say synergy. Synergy, I believe, is what God is looking for. There is nothing like it in this world when people come together for one cause and one purpose. When you create synergy in your family, it takes work. I mean, it takes some time to lead others, even in your own house. The hard part is just getting started. But once you have built momentum in any endeavor that you feel God has for you to pursue, you will see the power of God, the blessings of God, when everyone around you is in agreement. When everyone around you can agree. I know, I'm going to tell you, I'll just be transparent with you and tell you, in my family, we are more, we are, when we become divided, it's in moments when we start trying to decide where we're going to go out to eat. I mean, we are divided. It, it was a big deal, when, especially when the kids were younger. We'd say, okay, where are we going to go eat? Big mistake. I want Chinese food. I want fried chicken. I want Chick-fil-A. I want this. I want pizza. I want enchiladas. I want... Finally, I said, man, this is, this is ridiculous. Then we tried the voting process. Democracy did not work in my family. <laughs> Does not work. So I went to the scripture. I actually did. I said, well, what do I do in times like this? And I looked in the, in the New Testament, and they chose lots. I said, I never thought about that. So I found a coin. And I said, here's the deal. This is what we're going to do in this family. Whether you like it or not, this is how it is. Everyone, pick your place. Hold it in your mind. I said, we are going to flip coins. Heads, I win. Tails, you lose. <laughs> we flip coins. And so we eliminated the process. We got down to the last person. And finally, flip the coin. They pick their place. Everyone's happy. Well, one person's happy. <laughs> but it was done. No more arguing. No more debate. No more wrestling over the appetites. We've found our destination, and you have to accept it, and we're, that's where we're going. Fair. Very fair. It's a very fair process. I think it's fair. So when the kids now start arguing, I bring out the coin. Where's the coin? <laughs> I wish everything was that easy. I wish, I wish for myself that everything in life would be that easy. But when God's people decide together that we are going to come together for the greater cause, we are going to begin to see clearly the vision of God, what our assignment is. And we are going to agree, and just like Joshua, when he stood up and said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord, he was putting his foot down to give direction for the rest of Israel, hoping that they would choose and agree that they were going to follow through and everyone in agreement. This was the first secret in the, New Test in the Old Testament that gave us understanding and, and, and under, an understanding and direction how to deal with the enemies that are more than us, may seem like outnumber us. It doesn't matter. One with God is majority. If you feel like you're by yourself, feel like I don't have anyone, I don't know if anyone understands what I'm going through. Um, the church is the best place for you to, to be with other people who will unite around you, who, other people who will pray with you, other people who won't judge you. See, this is a judgment-free zone. I like that about, about um, you know, Planet Fitness. Isn't that a great place to work out? I think it is. No judgment zone. They even have, this is not a promo for them. 
But, but they even have pizza there sometimes and donuts. I'm like, what in the world? Found it. I found my place. <laughs> Judgment free. Rita? <laughs> Love this place. <laughs> Love this place. No one's going to judge you here. No one is going to look down on you and say, uh, you're not good enough, or, oh, you got that in your family, you came from them, and you're here for... Let me, let, me, let me explain something to you, that there isn't one person in this building that is blameless. There's not one person in this building that has it all together. If I could tell you right now, my past, my failures, my mistakes, you may right away try to find another church. But I can tell you that I, like you, have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have the grace of God on my life. His mercy endures forever. And this is a judgment-free zone here. But when we come together for one cause and we begin to believe that we are from the same tribe, what really should bring us together is the fact that Jesus shed his blood for every single one of us. And the, the playing field has been leveled. And now we are all the same in Christ. But we all have different gifts. Synergy is the creation of a whole that is greater than the simple sum of some parts. Synergy is when we all bring our differences together for one purpose and we begin to move forward as an unstoppable force. The term synergy comes from the, the Greek word that means to, meaning, means to work together, to do something great together. See, God designed us to work together. That's why we are all different. We have all different types of personalities in this church, nationalities, people who, who actually come to this church that know three languages, two languages, their origin from where they're from in any part of the world. They bring it in. I love it when people come in and they can't speak English, but they feel the presence of God and they stay here because of his presence. And it's not long that they start to adopt and learn and embrace and, and then they start speaking English and then they start understanding the church jargon, things that we say, you know, little, little phrases like, you know, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, you know, things that we say in church, uh, God is for us, not against us, hallelujah, praise God, what's going on, brother? going on, sister? That's how it used to be back in the day, right? We called each other brother and sister. And there's nothing wrong with that. But more than that, when you learn how to pray and learn how to worship and learn how to, get to, and learn how to connect with people of like-minded faith, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you don't fully understand us. You're going to feel God do something, and God is going to work in your life, and there is no barrier culturally in any way that can hinder the move of God. It's a heart issue. It's a hunger for God. So God designed us. He created us differently for a reason. He could have made us all the same but that's like having one, one paddle in the boat, one oar. And all we'll do, we would do this if we were all the same. Go in circles. If we all thought alike, we'd have problems. We may get along and understand each other's jokes. We may get and have the same appetites. But I promise you, that you'll become explosive and you'll just be a, a powder keg waiting to go off because extremism and joy and things that you do has its consequences when you disagree finally because we will find things to disagree on. We will find things to disagree on. I've seen it happen so many times people that have the same personality come together and they get along well and they laugh. But finally, when there's a disagreement, I mean, thing, when things are real good, they're good. But when things go bad, they're real bad. That's why I, when I married my spouse, when I found, I don't know if she found me, I found her. I found her 
She didn't know me, but I set up and preached the best sermons I had ever preached in my life before I was a preacher and won her, and I knew something about her that I needed and saw something in her that I needed and desired. She's a total different personality than me, totally different. I think that's what makes couples so special sometimes. They balance each other out. You know, and when God found you, you weren't perfect. God knew what he was getting when he got us. God knew. God knew that the, 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 the pressure that you're under right now, he knew you had to face that pressure. God knows every one of your weaknesses. God knew that we would mess up. God knew that we would fail. But God knew that one day you would wake up and you would get back on your feet, that you would get back in line again, and he knew that you have tenacity. The key to living for God is never giving up. Never giving up. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, no matter what, never give up. No matter what, never give up. But since we are all different, have different talents and abilities, strengths and personalities, when we do come together, we can accomplish more. We can accomplish more. In fact, the only way to accomplish more is through collaboration. We have to learn how to collaborate. We have to know what our weaknesses are, what other people's weaknesses are, what other people's strengths are, and not put them down for it, but celebrate them and become the strength that someone else needs. When someone else is weak, the responsibility of the church is to help someone and their weakness without falling into the same entrapment. It's being able to reach out to someone without falling into the same temptation. That requires the Holy Spirit. Your flesh isn't strong enough, but the Spirit of God says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I feel this today very strongly. This is a standalone message because somebody is here today and you feel alone. You need the church, but you've had a bad experience with the church and you don't know if you can trust the church and you don't know if you can trust the pastor because needless to say, I hate to admit this, but even pastors aren't perfect. Lots of times we like to make people think we are so we can be a good example, but I'm going to just pull that plug right now and tell you all, I have faults, I have failures, I have my days, I'm up sometimes, I'm down sometimes. I mean, isn't that the truth? We are human, right? We all go through experiences. But I've learned never to quit, never to get up, and to keep on going no matter how I feel, no matter what it looks like. And that's what you have to share with somebody. Never give up. Never stop trying. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on people either. No one's perfect. You see, here's how synergy works. You may have a great voice. You may be a great singer. But in order for you to be an influence in the world, you're going to need a recording company or someone who knows how to record your songs and produce them. If you're a salesman and you know how to sell anything, you're going to need someone who's created a great product in order to exercise your gift. Collaboration, differences, and vice versa. You're a great writer. Great writers need great publishers. Collaboration. The church is the balance for your gifts to be exercised. Christ gave his life and gave gifts to all to exercise in the body of Christ and also the world. 
There is nothing in this world that can fill the soul of an individual like the Spirit of God and the love of God. Nothing. So the world was meant to be saved, but what good is salvation without the Savior? It's a delusion. It's a delusion. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the answer. You have the answer. You have value. You have someone in your life that can make a difference. The church was never meant to be a group who function alone by the ability of a few. The church was never meant to function by the ability and the talents of a few. The church was meant to be functional by the ability and the talents and the hearts of everyone coming together for one purpose. You have something that adds value to this church here right now. You have a gift inside of you that adds value to this group of believers. We are so glad that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. God's happy that you're here. But can I tell you, you're not here just to sit down and look good and smell good. God called you here because you have talents and ability and a passion. And he wants us to all come together to make a difference in this world. You have a place in God. Everyone's a minister. Everyone has an anointing. I wish someone would get with me right now. There's a purpose in your life. You weren't born just to take up faith and breathe air. You were born in this world wonderfully and wonderfully made where God wants you to rise up, stand on your feet, and give him some praise and have a hope on the inside. I'm telling you, you are not an accident. You are a life-giving force and a gift to the church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you to somebody, to somebody here, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You thought it was over. It's not over yet. God's not done with you yet. God's going to take you to higher plays. God's going to take you to a higher level. The Lord is going to raise you up when everybody thought you should be down. God is going to pick you up when no one else can pick you up. He's going to come into your life and resurrect you. God can resurrect you. Someone say, Jesus is alive. Give him some praise. Jesus is alive. In fact, the church is not a building. The church is a group of people who have been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. The church is not a building. Can I, can I, can I just be personal with you and tell you how I feel about that? I don't get offended, but when people come up and tell me we love your church, I can take it one or two ways. When people who have been coming to church for a while say, we love what God is doing in your church and they've been here for five years, my heart gets, I get sad. Because in my mind, I feel, and I'm not talking about anybody here in particular. I don't even know who said it. Who, people have said it to me at different times. Maybe it was you, but the good thing is I don't remember. I just know that it's been said to me. My heart gets sad because there isn't a revelation there that it's not my church. It's Jesus' church, and I'm part of that as well. So the, the actual proper thing to say or the technically the the right thing to say would be i love our church family i love the people here because the church is not a building it's a people and you are that person and you are part of this family it is your church your church family it isn't my church wait a minute the bible doesn't say that bobby shed his blood. I promise you, one thorn, one... one, one <laughs> one splinter in my finger, that's it. 
No more. Ay. Babe, babe. I'm a baby, babe. I tell you, I'm, you know, guys, it's in the, you know, don't, don't act like you don't do this because your wife will give you up as soon as you. But aren't, let me talk to the wives. Wives, aren't, aren't we husbands, that proper verbiage? Aren't we husbands baby cries sometimes and become little boys when we hurt ourselves or, you know, or, or we just want that attention and we're macho and tough. But when we get alone and our wife is there, we're like, oh, <laughs> honey, I need some tea <laughs> and a little piece of cake. babies, man. I don't know why I do this with my wife. I do it a lot, but so does she. <laughs> the funniest thing when you start getting older, oh, I mean, they're like fine when the kids are around. Everyone's happy when we're by ourselves. Oh, my back hurts. <laughs> Want attention from each other. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? And I don't, it's human nature to want attention. It is. It's just human nature to want attention. God will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is in the church. If you wonder where Jesus is, he's in the church. You'll find Jesus as you begin to connect, get involved. I love what C.J. Slavic said about connect groups. Connect groups is an opportunity for you to exercise your ministry, to share what you have been holding on the inside. And it's, and it's amazing how alive we become when we start exercising our giftings. You have a ministry. You have a place. We need you. We really need you. I'm thankful for other churches, small groups. I think they're great, but God's called you here to lead one, to exercise. To get. Don't ever say to yourself, I have nothing to offer. That is a lie from the devil. And you don't have to do it by yourself. You can team up with a brother or a sister in Christ and, and exercise that gifting. But here's the challenge. Here's... Here's what we have to move into in 2020. Recognizing our value and that you have something to add to your body of believers to the church of Jesus Christ. The church needs you. We are better with you. We are better. And to people who feel like they have to have a title or they won't do anything, can I encourage you and tell you that even Jesus himself did not accept titles, Jesus picked up the towel. He picked up a towel and he said, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. I need to be washing yours. Jesus said, Peter, if you don't allow me to clean your feet now, it's, it's all I'm going to do when I get to my throne. I'm going to have to constantly forgive you of your sins. I'll be washing you all the time and forgiving you all the time and get used to it. That's what I do, Peter. That's what I'm called to do, to forgive you of your sins, to get the dirt out of your life, to receive that. You got to let the pride fall down. Let the walls come down and let God minister to you and let other people get and speak into your life, the right people, not just anybody, but the right people the people who love God, the people that are living right according to the Scripture. We're not religious in this church. I'm never going to judge anybody, but you need to be careful who's giving you advice, who's pouring into your life, who's giving you the news and the weather, right? Who's people that are trying to keep you up to date on what's going on. Can I tell you, sometimes you just need to blot out the world and stop getting so overwhelmed by the bad news and get your book Get your Bible, open it back up, and say, forget about that. I want to see what God has to say. 
It's, it's wrecking you. This is wrecking you. Don't listen to everybody's opinion. Get your blinders on. Start focusing on God. Don't let the other people, who am I talking to this Sunday morning? There are people that claim to be your friends that are not your friends. I got to get a drink of water for this one. I feel this very strong. I feel this very, very strong. There are people sitting here today that have been removed from the heart of Christ. And you have been persuaded by other people to be a certain way when that's not really who you are. And you're losing touch with your wife or husband and children when they're the ones who love you the most and are going to be there for you. Not the people that are constantly wanting your, want your audience or want to be your audience just to have a good time. There comes a time in a man and a woman's life where you have to say, I'm going to put childish things away. I'm not going to give in to all that. I've had my day. I've had my fun. Now it's time. Are you ready? Close your eyes. Don't look around. You ready? Now it's time to grow up. I know that stuff, but I feel that very strong. One point I'm going to give you today, and here's, a, here's the only point I'm going to give you. You must identify yourself as the church, who you are. You are part of something here that's bigger than what's going on out there. Do you know that if you and I ever come together, and we will, we will come together in our beliefs, in our spirit, in our purpose. I mean, I'm going to just tell you, one offering over $10,000, what? Are you kidding me? That's the ability that this church has? I'm telling you, most churches would take up an offering. I've been there before. Not even $500. You have the ability financially, spiritually. You have the ability in ministry to make a difference and influence, to change the world. I have full confidence in this group of people and you. I know what God can do with you. As a pastor, I've seen your potential. I know that some of you run companies. You work for multi-million dollar companies. You carry yourself as a businessman, as a professional, a businesswoman, as a woman who's in the marketplace to make a difference. God wants to use that in the church. God wants to use that in the local assembly. There is nothing impossible for God to do with us together, together, together. But you have to recognize I, God didn't just save me just to be saved. God saved me to other, so other people can be saved as well to make a difference. We're not going to heaven just us four no more. We're going to heaven. We're going to take a lot of people with us. I'm going to take my family with us, my friends, my coworkers. They'll come around, I promise you, but don't compromise. Don't compromise your character. Don't compromise your strengths. Don't compromise who you are. Your family needs you. Your church family needs you, but you must identify the church is not a building or a denomination. The church has been saved by the blood of people, and it's comprised of people that aren't perfect, that don't have it all together, but they believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. 
They believe that Jesus carried a cross up Golgotha's hill for, for you and I, and they believe that he rose again. Let me, let, me, let me give you something here. Let me show you Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer, speaking to the apostles. He said, To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased, he purchased it, with his own blood. He purchased you by the blood. You're bought with the price. You're precious to God. No one owns the church. No one owns something that Jesus bought. He owns it. He own, that means you belong to Jesus. Uh, get it right now. Get, her, get it in your mind. Get it in your brain so you'll start understanding. You see, sometimes God will stop us from doing certain things. Sometimes God will allow you to go down a certain road and it's not working out too well. Why? Because if you haven't got it by now, you need to get it now. You don't belong to yourself. You've been bought by the blood. You belong to him. You are his child, and he will. You ever had that happen for your mom? Nobody. <laughs> or this? Come here. I hate that. Come here. God is there. God is right there watching your every single move. I'm telling you. But the gift that you have, God wants it. He wants it. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. See, I believe and agree that you are my brother, you are my sister. I agree that you are my family. You are my relative. I am closer to you than even my own blood. I'm telling you right now, when I'm in trouble... I call you to pray for me. When I'm in trouble, I want you to know so you can pray for me. I know the, the, the prayers that come out of your homes, and I know some of you have a connection to heaven. When I have a need, I call you. Aren't you thankful for the church? I know where to go when I'm in trouble, but I also know where to stay when I'm doing well. Because bad times come, and everyone knows how to pray when they're in trouble. Everyone knows how to submit to God when they're in trouble. But God wants to know if you can submit and surrender when things are going well. That's the challenge. Can you still worship him and praise him when there is no trouble? Do you not feel forced into it? You got to be constant. You got to be ready. You have to be solid. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12 says, for as the body is one, someone say one, and as many members, but all the members of that body being many are one body, also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not part of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear says, or the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not part of the body. Is there... Is, is it therefore not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would we be? What about the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? <laughs> Who would discern? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. There are some people that can hear the voice of God, 
There are some people that can see it and enlightened in the word of God. There are some people that are great at teaching. There are some people that are the hands of God are great at laboring. There are some people that have skills in this church. There are some people that have feet for evangelism and they know how to step in and evangelize, walk in this world and know where God leads them to win people to him. Not everybody has the same gifts. Not everybody has the same callings. But when we all come together and form one body, we can't be stopped. I can get off on that right now and tell you and give you some more revelation of where Paul talks about, you know, if your arm offends you, cut it off. It's better to enter into heaven mangled than to go to hell whole. He's talking about the body. If people offend or people go astray, I can't control people. I can't. And listen, this is not the nursery. The nursery is over there. This is not the nursery. People in this room ought to be mature enough, strong enough. They don't need a weekly call from anybody, but they feel a call from somebody, and they know how to pray. They know how to study. They know how to stand. They know where they sit. They know what they believe, so they can make an so they can make a contribution to the body, a contribution of themselves, a contribution of their time, a contribution of their talent, a contribution of their treasure. You see, there, there was people, there, I didn't see who gave. It's, it's none of my business, really. It, it, it's supposed to be, but I've made that and given that department to somebody else because I don't want to know what people give. I just pray that you give because you need God's blessings. But I do know that because it's human nature, some may have given more than others, but I believe they were equal in sacrifice. And God, that's why God sees the heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. But the gift that you possess, I, I'm going to just tell you, rethink that today. Start meditating on how you can be a part of this body that God's called you to because we need you. Jesus needs you. But if you don't want to be used, guess what? He'll send somebody else in your place. You may even still be here, but he'll send somebody else with the same gift that needs to be used in this assembly. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to let God send somebody in my place because I'm lazy. I don't want to do something. I feel insecure. I'm fearful. I'm going to step out of the boat. I don't care if I sink. I can swim. I do not care if I fail. I can get back up. It doesn't matter if I say the wrong words. I'll learn from it and come back and say it right the second time. I don't stop being a preacher because I preach a bad message. I'm not going to stop operating in the prophetic because I missed it. You keep on moving and moving until you mature and learn from your mistakes. You see, it's not you win some, you lose some. It's you win some and you learn some. Don't give up or don't get discouraged because you feel like you don't measure up. Let me tell you something. If you have been bought by the blood, you are measuring up in Christ Jesus, and you belong, and you are going to be used by God. It's time to accept the calling and the responsibility. We're moving to a whole new level, and God needs your gifts. God needs your gifts. So what this means is, is that if one person is hurting, we should all hurt. Right? If the foot is hurt, the arm has to come down and put some ointment. When one hurts, we should all hurt. When one has a burden, we should all come around and pick up the burden. Because when we all come around together and we apply our energy and begin to synchronize 
and begin to agree together that there is nothing, no, there isn't one mountain that can stop us from moving forward. There isn't a devil that's trying to take hold of somebody's life that can't be loose from it if we all agree in Jesus' name and apply that faith in one direction. I'm telling you, there's power in prayer. There's power in confession. There's power in agreement. There is nothing too hard for God to do. And that goes on the, the flip side of that. When one is hurting, we should all hurt. But when one is succeeding, we should all rejoice. Why? Are you ready? The reason why we should do and apply the hurt in the body is to stop the infection or whatever it is that's affecting the body from spreading to the rest of the body. If somebody has a bad spirit, it's your job when you recognize it to help them see it and say, hey, you know, it's not that bad. Or they probably didn't mean it like that. Let's just pray and encourage them. Stop it. Because if you don't stop it, you got one or two things that you'll do. You'll either stop an infection from going to the rest of the body, or you'll allow it and feed into it and let it spread. Now, which one are you? Here's the thing about people that are succeeding, people that are doing well, people that are making money in business, people that are operating in ministry, people that have uh, an influence in this community. Here's what happens. When you see somebody get promoted, how many of you have ever experienced a promotion in this church? Don't you love it when God promotes you? Nobody wants to clap their hands because, I mean, I'm telling you, don't you love it when God promotes you? Don't you love it when God favors you? How many people have experienced the favor of God? Don't be shy. How many people have experienced the favor, the promotion, the blessings of God? Now, if you're one of the ones that feel like you haven't, you need to start rejoicing because the same way an infection will spread, so will the blessing spread also. And you need to receive it and say, it's happening in the body, and I'm a part of that body. I'm going to get connected to that body, and I'm going to watch God bless me too. Somebody give God some praise. Get out of your fields and let God begin to work. If I tell you God blessed me last week, somebody ought to give him some praise and say, Lord, send it to me. Send it to my house. I'm part of the body, Lord. I'm part of the body. Do you get how this works? In your mind, in your spirit, when you get connected to the church and you start taking ownership and recognizing this isn't Pastor Bobby's church. This is, we are the church. This is the believers that I choose to be a part of. When whatever good happens in this church, like, for example, you should rejoice like you did, but even more the fact that we took up an offering for over $10,000. You, you ought to get excited about that. Celebrate that. I'm going to throw this out there just because I know how it is. Please don't come up to me now and say, I got to pay my rent, okay? Because that money is earmarked and designated to our responsibilities. It's not going to me, not going to anybody else. It's going straight to what it was earmarked to do, period. See, God trusts us, and we have to fulfill that by being obedient. But here's how you become part of the blessing, you were part of the body that generated it for a purpose. If you sowed into that, and as we apply it, and it begins to bring the benefits, guess who God's going to bless? Whoever sowed. God will continue to sow into their life. He gives seed to the sowers, what the Scripture said. Did you sow some seed? Guess what? You're running out? No problem. God will give you more. See, you got to give out and give away what you want to multiply. Why would God even multiply if you're not creating the channel? That's the thing. If you're not careful and not being a good steward of it, God will shut some doors on you. God will stop your prosperity if you're hoarding it to yourself. 
You see, why would God give you more if you're not giving it out some more? You know why people get wisdom in their life and some people walk in a certain amount of wisdom? It's because they give what they have away. Everything they know, everything they've learned, it's not a secret to everybody. People that hold secrets like that, they die with them and they never prosper. But people who give it away, see, if I want more wisdom or understanding, I research, study, and I give it all out. Give it away. And then God gives me more understanding. This works with everything. You want an anointing in your life? Start exercising and giving it out. Start doing it. Start a crew. I'm telling you, the crew is the perfect platform for exercising your ministry. If you do not do it, you're going to dry up in your calling. You're going to dry up and be miserable, but there is pleasure whenever you begin to sow into the lives of other people. There's an anointing that's there. There's an anointing that's there when you begin to give it away. Your craft. I'm going to share this with our business people. I, I'm going to, it's a secret that I learned a long time ago. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. I wish some people would give me some, give God some hand claps for that. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. One time, I, one time, when we first were moving into this area, into this building, we needed to shoot the ceilings black. As it was all white, red iron, everything. And that's what you call a dr acrylic dry fall. It's just for gymnasium, special kind of paint for that. I was here by myself when we first started. And by faith, I knew I couldn't do it. I didn't have a paint gun. I didn't have anything. So by faith, I went out and bought scaffolding, a rented scaffolding. And you only have that for a certain amount of time. So by faith, I was going to move forward and try to do it myself, and I called someone. They lent me a gun, paint gun, and all of that. Then I'm like getting ready to get into it, and I'm like, oh, boy, here it goes. I get a phone call. I get a phone call from a guy who just got laid off and called me and said, Pastor, I just got laid off. Guess what he did for a living? He was a painter. Hold on a second. I said, and I did not, I didn't feel guilty about this. I felt like I was taking advantage of him, but I've learned the secret. I've learned it a long time ago. I believe the reason why God has ever blessed me before I ever got into ministry full time was because I took care of his house. I cut the grass. I gave, served, and God promoted. I told this guy on the phone, I said, here's what you need to do. I said, come, come to the church. I need help painting these ceilings. He said, I'm on my way. He came here without hesitation, did it gladly. They laid him off. It took him 48 hours to do all of this right here, two days. And as God is my witness, as he stepped off that scaffolding. He was in that white suit, black paint. As soon as he stepped off, walked outside, he got a phone call, and they rehired him again. <laughs> With more pay, a better position, more pay, and a better position. The timing was uncanny. It's happened so many times. That's why when you feel that greed come in and like, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, here's what a lot of people do sometimes. They, they go to a church, but they don't want to tell the pastor or anybody that they're gifted in this area because the last church they came from used them. Duh. Didn't you pray God use me? I don't want to be involved in church, man, because I, they, they just use you. Are you kidding me? That's what you ask God to do. You ask God to use you. The problem is, oh, Lord Jesus. The problem is your attitude wasn't right, so God couldn't bless you. Because your attitude will determine your altitude. Gratitude will elevate you. You're not working for me. 
You're working for God, and it's your calling and responsibility. I don't care what you do. If you're good at cleaning, you got to come and start cleaning some chairs and doing some floors and stuff, because I've found that cleaning is a gift. If you do music, you've got to get with Haley. If you think you can sing, get with Haley. We'll figure it out, okay? <laughs> I know how that goes, too, but I'm just telling you, if you're a carpenter, find out what's going on because we got some projects. It doesn't matter what you do. If you know how, all you got to do is paint, is all you know how to do is paint. Guess what? We got some of that. It doesn't matter. We want to use you because God wants to bless you. Yeah. I close with this. I got more scripture. I got way more scripture. Uh, I'm just going to reference it. I'm not going to read it out. Psalms 133. Don't play yet, sweetheart. 133 says is that God commands a blessing where there's unity. God commands the blessing when we come together. Now, I was amazed. I'm closing. I was amazed. I was checking the church's Facebook, and I was, you know, seeing how everything was going promotion-wise and marketing and things like that, and I came across this video a while back, and I even shared it. It was a group of Amish men that came together, and one of their family members needed to move a barn, a humongous barn. And you would think that they would have to do the demo to take it down and re-erect it. You and I would have thought, oh, man, we're going to, we got to take it down, rebuild it again, right? Let's say you had a building that was about 20,000 square feet, and you wanted, you needed it moved. No, not these guys. Look what they did. Show it. On Saturday, March 9th, members of the Amish community arrived at the Hostetler farm on Snively Road. Over 250 Amish men and others were there to help move a pole barn from one side of the farm to another. Shortly after 9 a.m., they spread out, surrounding the barn, and then they lifted. Walking steadily, they were able to maneuver the barn into its new spot. The entire process took less than five minutes I want you to repeat this after me. You ready? Say, if we give together, if we work together, if we believe together, nothing's impossible. Do you want to know why the walls of Jericho fell down? Here's, how, here's why the walls of Jericho fell down. Throw it up my conclusion. What brought the walls of Jericho down was a group of people knowing who they were and agreeing to work together, agreeing to working together. That's it. It doesn't matter what your amount is or what you make. Together, we can make a difference. Let this be the year that you begin to tithe. Let this be the year that you begin to give because God wants to bless you. And be consistent with that. Get rid of all of that carnality that talks you out of it and that feeling. I found the best way to break it is to give till it hurts. That's how I found to do it. It's not easy, but I'm telling you, I broke it. Why don't you let God begin to use that talent in your, in your life, that gift? Now, you may think it's on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being great. You might think it's a 10. Somebody else that knows it may think it's a five. Don't get offended. It may be at a five because you haven't exercised it and your gifts become rusty. And you need to begin to get involved again and do something there. Oh, I'm just not feeling it. That's the problem. You're not feeling it. I've learned that you can create the feelings in your life through prayer and worship and being consistent. God will anoint you. You know what anointing is? An anointing is a spirit of God enabling you to do what man can't do. 
the anointing is profitable for the edifying and the building of the church. He's called us into ministry. He's called us to operate in the gifts. He's called us to operate in healing and deliverance and miracles and signs and wonders. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.